Robbie, good news. I've made an executive decision. Mm-hmm. We are going to be doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade no, game. No, I have to stop you there, Casey. <laughs> yeah. I've decided that uh, we're actually going to be doing something different this episode. No. Uh, we're going to be doing Dungeons & Dragons games. That was the original plan, and I don't like that plan. That's why I chose a different game, Executive Decision. All of the Dungeons & Dragons games. Oh. All of them. I'm Amos, host of Undaunted, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1... Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 67 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a raging barbarian in a loincloth, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. You know what you wear underneath a loincloth? An even smaller loincloth. I didn't think that you knew that. I didn't know that. No. And you know what you wear under that? What do you wear under that? Nothing. Ah, uh, okay, good. No, nothing. There, there is nothing. I'm like a Kendall under there. It's, it's all just, it's all just nice and smooth. Oh yeah, <laughs> and rounded, and rounded, and very plasticky as well. I might say. <laughs> Ain't nothing because you, you don't want a loincloth and everything kind of flip flopping around no. out there. So you got to go the executive decision to go. If I'm going to be a barbarian, mm. you, you don't want to be tackle out getting in the way. <laughs> you want that smoothed. Well, I've seen I've seen Braveheart, and apparently that sort of tackle out thing it might it might you know dishearten the enemy. It might strike terror, or at least disgust into the hearts of the, <laughs> the enemy. Yeah, if you're homophobic, which let's face it, uh, England was back then. With, you know, it was the olden days. Eh? <laughs> it's a different time. Yeah, speaking of the olden days, we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane today for old Rob, and to a lesser extent. AC. In no extent, AC, you prick. You have some memories. Yes, they're bad. They're all terrible, terrible memories. <laughs> uh, because I decided. Yes, you decided. Um, because we really were getting a bit late and we hadn't chosen a featured game. We could have done Teenage Mutant uh, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, but no. I wanted to do Dungeons and... Well... Whatever it is. It's been on my mind recently. I've been listening to a lot of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and I've been playing a Dungeons and Dragons game on my computer at home. Uh, So I thought that we could talk about Dungeons and Dragons and games just generally. Just general games. So we're not actually going to be doing a specific. No, it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons special. AC. No, it's not special I'm, at all. I'm, I'm announcing this now without any prior discussion with my host. It's, it's fair to say that, that we do have not many, but a couple of loyal listeners who will listen to every single show that we do. And we yes. appreciate that. Yes. But I'm going to give you an off this time. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to this Dungeons & Dragons podcast. The Dungeons & Dragons special. The, the Dungeons & Dragons special. Say it. Special. Retard. <laughs> That's not the episode. Hey, man, it's 2018. That's very offensive to, to people like me who are... Yes, you are that way inclined. <laughs> so you Special don't in to... the head, I think, is the, yes. is the appropriate term to use. Yes, and now we shall talk about all these special in the head games. <laughs> Dungeons and... Dungeons and... Dra- I can't even say it, Rob. 
Okay, so the history of Dungeons and Dragons was that some blowhard, overweight blowhard too, back in the 70s, doing a hell of a lot of coke, and decided that instead of snorting pieces of paper, mm. <laughs> you should see the uh, expression on Rob's face. Just to, why would he snort paper? Anyway, go I, on, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It's, see, a, it's a minor thought, detail. He thought he was smoking. No, snorting. Okay, fine. You know what? I got nothing. I know that the guy's name is like Gary Guy Guy Go. Geek. Gigolo. Gary Gigolo decided that he really wanted to have sex with an elf girl. But they didn't exist. So he made them exist on paper. You know, you're only really hurting yourself with all this. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is that J.R.R. Tolkien, this guy ain't. And I don't even like J.R.R. Colkin. Is that is that his, is it J.R.R. J.R.R. Colkin. I don't know. Macaulay Colkin. That's who actually came up with Lord of the Rings. You heard it here first. He doesn't sound like he's up to much at the moment. I'm sure we can get him on as a guest. Oh god, I see. We should do that. We should actually contact his agent and say, "Can we just get him to come out to Australia and just pretend to be J.R.R. Tolkien?" <laughs> he would do it. Just just because of a, a, a stupid gag. Yeah, it, I'm sure he would. Look for the right sack of drugs. I'm sure he'd do almost anything. <laughs> Shit, so would I. Okay, so the history of Dungeons and Dragons, or D and D, as the kids call it. Uh, yeah, that's the hit millennials like to say. No, they don't. Uh, they don't know what Dungan, Dungan, Dungans, Dungeons and Dragons is. Gungans and Dragons. That'd be good. It's just basically like a whole bunch of dragons eating like like um, Jar Jar Binks and his friends. <laughs> is that what Jar Jar Binks is? A dugon? A, a gung. <laughs> a gungan? Sorry, a dugong. I don't know. I got confused. Yeah, he kind of is a dugong though, in a way. He's a big, dumb sea cow. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a flawless one-to-one I, analogy I there. almost dug myself a very big hole by saying big, dumb sea cows and certain mm. people who were no. in past relationships with me, but I decided not to because that stuff has a habit of getting out and getting back to the wrong people. Yes. Uh yeah, the less about said about that, perhaps the, the better. Okay, so I, I garbled that, but you know, yeah, don't okay. talk about the bad things. Rob's see. sick, and it's Friday night. Yes, I should front load all of this by saying that I have bronchitis. I haven't slept for about twenty four hours, so it's 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 a good time. It might might be a bit of a weird one. This one, I'm I'm mm. back on the booze as well. So. Yeah, AC's drinking. I'm exhausted and sick. So, yeah. but uh, you know, we soldier on. We haven't missed yeah. an episode yet. That's right. That's right. And uh, we don't plan to. So, Robbie. So I'm going to subject you to this. Uh, Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons um, has had a massive influence on video games. Um, And it's, I think, coincidental in a way because Dungeons & Dragons came out at around the time that video games were kind of becoming a thing. Um, Of course, there were games earlier than than this, but but Dungeons & Dragons itself came out in 1974. And while there were games before that, that time i mean they were you know fairly rare Mm. um but as the late 70s progressed into the early 80s gaming became more of a thing and and dungeons and dragons themed games and games that took their inspiration from dungeons and dragons were were there pretty much right from the start of like the home computer game almost as if a bunch of nerds who liked (laughs) fiddling around with pieces of pen and paper Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much doing the same diddle-whacking things on computers as well. It's just really funny that you are, like, probably the nerdiest guy I know. And yet are going to, like, be disdainful towards (laughs) someone else's, like, nerdy pursuits. I don't know. Um, I just... 
I, I don't know. I've just always had that bit of an attitude towards D and D. I'm going to be honest with you. I have mm. played D and D before. Mm. And if you really don't know what D and D is, and you listen to this podcast, mm. that's kind of amazing. But it's a pen and paper role playing game. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the lots original of dice. Role-playing you game. create your character. There's a guy who tells you what to do, and yeah, yeah it makes it fun. And I think that's my problem <clears> is that I've never really had a game that I've enjoyed. Mm. Like I've never had a, a game <laughs> of I just never enjoyed D and D where like I've had a good story or made a good character or mm. things progressed. Mm. I always was sitting around a table waiting for people who were overly strategizing things to make their move, and I just sit there bored while like you know the the twelve year old DM because I was twelve at the time was sitting around going um, just let me check the rule book to see if you can go into that bar or not even. Mm. Which is what you sounded like as a 12-year-old, Rob. That's, exactly, that's a perfect impression of me. So, no, I don't think I've ever played a good game. And I'm sure there are ways to get introduced to this where mm. it would be a good game. Mm. But I think it's too it's too late for me. Yeah, the actual pen and paper game itself is like... It's, it's, a, high, it's a lot of investment, right? Yeah. In time. And you need to have a circle of friends and like, a, like sort of a large-ish circle of friends that are all keen, equally keen. And you need, so, you need a good storyteller yeah to move everything along and to usher people yeah. along yeah. and the dm make is it fun and i've never played a fun game the it's DM never is, been fun yeah. <laughs> thank you for like your like sideways like <laughs> criticism of my dming back in when we were kids i mean i was a i was a kid i was probably very bad at it to be honest so i have played um, it since then yeah. and, and i trust me I, I don't your when i was playing with you mm. and um gordon and shane yeah, yeah. Those were the funnest ones I ever played. When I played mm. them as like a teenager, those were terrible experiences. <laughs> I think, yeah, much depends on the group, on it the does. group you have. Yeah. And like the DM is definitely the most important part because for those who don't know, the, the dungeon master is the one who is creating the world, basically running the game and, and is kind of fulfilling the role of the computer in the sense that he's working out all the roles all the, mm. He's trying to make it challenging, yeah, and, yeah. and giving you a challenge and, 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 and a good story, yeah. So I'm trying to kill you occasionally because it's fun. Major differences with computer games versus a tabletop role playing game is that in a role playing game, you're telling the DM what you want to do, and the DM is deciding whether you can do that, and if so, how difficult mm. doing that will be. Um, and that leaves a lot of options open for the player to be very creative, because you're not really limited other than your own imagination in terms of what you can try and do in a Dungeons and Dragons game. Whereas mm. when you go to a video game, your options are limited to the extent that what the computer game designer con- conceived you might want to do in a particular situation, mm. like the options that you were given in like a menu or just the, the range of scenarios that the, that the designer of the video game comes up with does inherently limit your choices. So that is a really significant difference between playing a tabletop game where you can just say, hey, why don't we try like climbing up on the roof and see if that works? And, and a video game where because the, the, the game designer didn't allow you the option to, to climb, that entire like sort of strategy is just not, not open to you. So that's a really major difference between the two. And, and like pretty much every video game that we're going to talk about today like, they either try and deal with that or they don't even bother at all. Yeah. They just walk away from... I mean, you, you, you're given a limited quest, yeah. effectively. And a lot of... So, of course, a lot of people who worked on large mainframes back in the 70s and a lot of college or university students who had access to these mainframes, like mm. Pluto, yeah, yeah, were all, you know, making their own, basically, 
pen and paper games transferring, you know, the basic set of rules to a computer. Yeah. And, of course, this these rules spread like wildfire. Mm. And you got a, lo- a lot of early text adventures out of them. Um, Zork was a very famous one. Yeah. And, you know, and that wasn't an official one, of course. But as time went on and technology progressed, you know, you had randomized oh, games like that one that... Um, That you were, uh, that you play the minds of... Oh, Moria? Moria. Yeah, so that Rogue is probably a better game to talk about because Moria is like a a clone or a successor to Rogue. But Rogue came out in the 1980s Mm. and that had a Dungeons & Dragons kind of rule system built into it. So like the the classic Dungeons & Dragons stats, every character in D&D has strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And if a game has... If you notice those those six stats being given to like characters and character sheets, that's a dead giveaway that this is a D&D inspired game. Whether or not it actually has official sanction from D&D yeah. is another thing entirely. And then a but lot of these early RPGs... They definitely didn't have any yeah. official connection with with Gary Gygax. I mean, they were just people, they were nerdy guys who played D&D on the weekend or whatever and wanted to like try and recreate that in in a, in a computer game and one of the good things about D&D is because it's, it's basically dice rolls, everything is worked out with, with with probability, it does lend itself pretty well to having a computer simulate that. Like, it's it's a very easy game to kind of go, oh, we, we, can, we can make this happen. We can, you can have a D&D combat sequence, a turn-based combat sequence simulated on a computer, like, without that much difficulty. And once you've got it done, then, you know, people started making all sorts of different different versions of the, of the rule system. But Rogue was a big one because it had this randomly generated dungeons. Mm. You could kind of... It had a lot of replay value because the dungeon was different every time you, you played the game. Um, yeah, then, but it took a while for there to be actual, like, official D&D games. Yeah, out. they had to be licensed, and, yeah. you know, there were so many out there <clears throat> already. Yeah. So there have been many, many, many over the years. Yeah. So I think we should just concentrate on the ones that we've played and yeah. that we know. I think it's a good idea because okay, we're not... Because, yeah, we don't want to go through the entire history here because no. a lot of it isn't official history. A lot totally. of it is inspired by. So what was the earliest D&D game you remember playing? That I remember playing. Mm. Um, video game. Probably... <sighs> um, Mario was definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I had that when I was probably like seven or eight years old. When my, my dad first got a computer, one of my other friends who had a computer gave me a disc with that game on it. Um, so that was definitely one of the earliest ones. What um, about official, official D&D licensed? Uh, official stuff? It took me a little while, actually, because uh, I didn't really have a PC that was good enough to play the early hmm. SSI D&D games like Pool of Radiance or... Uh, and there were a few of those. Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, there are a bunch you of those. You used to see them in magazines and they were for, I think, you know, IBM compatible is what we used to call them back then. Yeah, and I think there might have been versions for like... C64. C64 or other, well, other home yeah. computers. Mm. Um, Maybe in a Tandy version as well. Yeah, I never really played those. So the first, like, official D&D computer game that I played um, was probably... It, Maybe something like Neverwinter Nights or those those sort of like late 90s, early 2000s era. It wasn't Hero of the Lance? Oh, I suppose, yeah. Technically, Heroes of the Lance, that game for the Master System. And uh, did it come out on other stuff as well? It, uh, yeah. I think it may have. We, we played this. I at- think it actually came out on the Amiga as well, I want to say. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. Yes, this- it was an SSI, was it? That, or- it's funny because we played this tonight, but I didn't think about the fact that probably is one of the earliest, like, officially licensed. Mm. And, and not only that. 
that it's not D. It's not just D and D. It's A D and D, which is advanced. Yeah. Dungeons advanced, and Dragons. yeah. That whole there's a, that that's a big topic to get into. A D and D versus D and D. Yeah, let's not go into that um, at all. But the thing about Heroes of the Lance AC is that it's based on the popular Dragonlance novels. <laughs> and and so it's this very specific thing. It's not just D and D. It's like it's like a niche within D and D. It's like mm. amongst this niche of completely massive stinky nerds that play D and D. There's an even crazier niche <laughs> that read these novels about D and D that have the time, as I did as an eight year old yep. kid, to read novels about D and D. Um, and 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 this game is based on those novels. Eventually, so. you become some sort of larper, don't you? That, that's like the end of the line. That's kind of yeah. Like when you fully leveled up your D and D character, like as in you're your basically D- you're basically describing furries to me at this point. This I, is what I, it all I, sounds like to me. I think larper and then furry. Yeah, like that's the progression. You go. <laughs> Tabletop gamer, you know, LARPer. I actually have nothing against fairies. I do have stuff against people who play D anD D. So you, you're like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this judgment call. What you're saying, like in terms of like reprehensible conduct, playing D anD D is much of, worse. A than- bunch of smelly, sweaty <laughs> nerds around a dining room table with dice is much far far worse than people in a bunch of sweaty, smelly costumes pretending to be animals <laughs> and rubbing against each other. Some of them, some of them, to be fair, don't rub against each other. No, many, many do. <laughs> uh, moving on, the yeah, look, it's it is a nerdy thing, right? Mm. And I think what's funny about about video games is that it's kind of made D and D more widely known than it would have been otherwise. There's a lot of people who've played a D and D game mm. who haven't necessarily played D and D itself. Mm. Um, anyway, my own personal experiences, other than that Heroes of the Lance thing, yeah, I got really, really into. Um, this game that I've been playing recently, I sort of reinstalled it and I've been checking it out again. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Temple of Elemental Evil. And it is probably the closest game that I've seen to the actual tabletop experience. And is that an official Rob. D&D product? It's an official D&D game. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out in, I want to say, 2003. You can see I've done my research, people. I've been too busy playing the game to read up about it. Um, <laughs> so it's an early 2000s game. Is yeah. it an action RPG? Or no, is it's it, actually uh, a... a turn-based it's basically like a point and click mm-hmm. like it, the the viewpoint it's like a mouse-based game and the kind of looks like diablo so it's an things. adventure game basically. yeah okay. but, when you, but when you go into combat it goes to a very faithful turn-based system that's very much like the D combat system so it's got randomized number generators in there. yeah and so like you know you roll for initiative to start with to work out the, the order in which everyone's turns go and then you have this radial radial menus mm-hmm. so you right click and this radial menu comes up and you can select all these bunch all these different options and this is what i was talking about earlier where like the amount of creativity you have is limited by the imagination of the creators yeah this game does have a lot of options mm-hmm. and a lot of different things you can do so it does feel like you are playing D. Oh, that's cool but In you still can't still you still can't do crazy things like yeah. you can't go oh, i'm gonna get my daggers and like climb the wall using my daggers to like as pitons and then I'm going to, like, jump down from on... Like, it doesn't allow you to be, you know, that creative. So, uh, is this an online game? No, it's a it's a single-player game, basically. Um, a Can you play with other... Can you hot-seat it or that, can you have other people in the room or it's just, no, like... No, it's a, a single-player s- thing. Just solely single-player? Yeah. Wow, like okay. Most, most D&D games, it turns out, actually are like that. That's weird. Um, that kind of Neverwinter Nights the is only a, purpose. Neverwinter Nights is a D&D game that you can play... Online with 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 wasn't that one of the first MMOs? But a lot of people these days, if you want to play D anD D, you can play. You can just play it on Skype with people. Like that is that is how people a lot of people play D anD D these days. Is like they play it online, but they're not playing 
video game D&D. They're playing real D&D, if you like, just using the internet in order to make that connection with people rather than having to get everyone around to your house, you know? And um, when was the last time you actually played an actual game of D&D? Of actual D&D? Yeah. Probably would have been high school. It's been a wow. l- really long time. Wow. Yeah. I'm a very... I, I am a... Uh, what do you call it? <sighs> It's hard that word for it. That you know, the same way that like someone who smoked cigarettes then quit would always have that a cigarette, recovering that addict? cigarette lust. <laughs> you know, it's hard to like. Mm. It's always there in the background, and I, I have a bit of like D and D lust, like unrequited, unrequited lust for D and D because <laughs> because no one wants to play D and D with me. Yeah, your friends are losers. Yeah. No wait, <laughs> no wait. They're not losers. That's the problem. <laughs> I need loserier friends. Um, so- what about you, AC? You've you've not been as bigger. Uh, RPG nerd as me, so your D and D experiences are a bit, a bit different. I yeah, so I yeah. grew up in a in the same era as you, but in a different way. It, it kind of D and D when I was young always fascinated me, mm. but I think it's fair that <clears throat> the kind of D and D or the kind of fantasy stuff, yeah. which I thought was cool. <laughs> was basically panel van art. You know, the, <laughs> like, you know, big buxom, you know, elf ladies and, like, big buff mm. um, barbarians on the sides of panel Chain vans. Chainmail bikinis. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what I thought was cool. And, you know, people said, that's fantasy. So I yeah. went, oh, this D&D stuff sounds badass. Yeah, yeah. I want to get in some of that action. Yeah. And it's fair to say that I did not get what I wanted. Um, I, I, I understand. I, it's not like I don't have imagination. Mm. I do. Um, and a v- especially very active imagination when I was younger, mm. but I really did not like the systems that D and D used. Mm. Like the roll for initiative mm. baffled me and baffles <laughs> me to this day. It's like, who cares what order you go in? Just bloody go. It's not, not the most nuanced criticism, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I didn't like the systems, the waiting, the patience, mm. all the, the the kind of things that take a very very long time to accomplish anything i think um, with a with an inexperienced dm that has to look up rules all the time it mm. can be very like painstaking a lot a lot depends on your d- mm. but on your yeah DM. like the kind of fantasy yeah. that i wanted was low fantasy it was definitely like big dragons and half naked men and women running Apparently around with massive, yeah that yeah. kind of stuff yeah yeah and um i saw arcade games of fantasy like uh, Golden Axe yeah. was a big one. And I love that game. Mm. But D&D, and neither on paper nor on video game systems, were ever Golden Axe. <laughs> until 1996 or 1995, I think it was, yeah. when Capcom released uh, Tower of Doom. Yes. That was the first time I went in there and going, yes, this is exactly what D&D could, should be like. It's just a hack and slash with some light RPG elements in mm. there. You know, you, you got every character has, you know, five or six different abilities, arrows, mm. slings, healing potions and stuff. To be clear, this is what we're talking about is the Dungeons and Dragons arcade game uh, Tower of Doom. Yes. Um, that we talked to, you, you and Cody Goff talked yep. about in the previous episode. Been, uh, a previous episode yeah. of Game Life Balance Australia. So go check out that episode if you want to hear more of their thoughts about that game. But that was obviously like a pretty... Uh, not influential, but like you know, you yeah, enjoy very, you enjoy that game. A it's lot. very light on the RPG elements, mm. which is what obviously what I like. You know, there aren't so many systems in there. Yeah, uh, and we played uh, two D and D games today. We played Heroes of the Lance, yes, which was terrible. <laughs> yes, very it, very bad. And um, yeah. like the characters move so slowly. <laughs> It's where the hell do you go? Because everywhere looks the same. Yeah, fighting is a pain in the ass, and even Rob. Uh, yeah. Mr. D&D 1999 and 
1998. Yes. Just couldn't stand it. Yeah, I've never liked that game. Mm. Um, I rented that game when I was a kid um, for the Master System um, because, you know, there's not a lot of D&D games on the Master System. So I, I rented it because it had the words D&D on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very bad. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like a, like a side-scroller action thing with like a menu system that has like RPG-ish elements yeah. um, and your characters die very very quickly and that you can't resurrect them and they're dead forever <laughs> so yeah it's a very punishing game very very and, and like yeah. the first screen you can accidentally walk off the edge you can barely tell that there's a ledge there and you just kind of fall off and she's dead that's yes, it you plummet to your death um, so basically, we also played um, Shadows over Mistara. Yes, which is well. another D and D Capcom uh, arcade game. Yeah, it's the follow up to Tower of Doom, mm. and we had a lot of fun playing that one as well. Yeah, um, very very loud, very hack and slash, nice cast of characters, mm. uh, and I haven't really played too many other RPG type games mm. like JRPGs piss me off for the same reason is that <laughs> their systems are menus based and I'm just yeah I'm just not into that sort of thing and there is like a bit of a genetic link between JRPGs and D and oh D&D, definitely you can really it, see the threads but it goes back like a long time yeah and, D- and, and JRPGs have become kind of branched off and become their own thing yeah definitely um, but the really early ones like the really early Final Fantasy games and stuff you can still see the D&D a bit you mm. know you can kind of go oh yeah I can see the genetic like link um, I, I will say that, um, and I, I'll probably end my discussion on mm. this, is that my favourite Dungeons & Dragons game, mm. you know, because I've got so many to choose from, so much experience, <laughs> yeah. is actually Tower of Doom. I know mm. Shadows over Myster- Mystara, mm. Mysteria, Mystara. I think it's Mystara. It is Mystara. Yeah. Um, is a better game, better characters, slightly better graphics, yeah. kind of more thought out. But a there's something stylish. Yeah. yeah but- something about Tower of Doom doom i just really liked it it's got a lot of flaws yeah like whenever you are set on fire which happens a lot you (laughs) take a while to recover yeah but i I don't know i just really enjoy the fluidity of that game and there's something about like it's a real dungeon crawl it really really is yeah that's one of those D &D, like tropes is Mm. like you're in you're in a dungeon for hours you're just so, slaughtering things and getting heaps of gold and magic items. And, and I also played that a lot more back in the day in yeah. Australia as well. So I, I yeah. think, Tara Doom, what's your favourite D&D game you've ever played? Uh, well, it would probably be Temple of Elemental Evil because I just I keep going back to it over and over again because it is the most accurate to the tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, like it, it has a lot of flaws as well. Um, have you finished the game? Like, can no, you... that's, that's what I want to do. That's that's why I started... Is it really difficult to finish, is it? No, it's not difficult. It's just a long slog. Okay. Um, and the novelty kind of wears off and then you just like, you know... What I've basically done is created like a mince... Like a, like a video game equivalent of like a like a meat mincer. Like my... Like it's... I've got like five really tough combat characters, two mages. They're just heaps of attack spells. And it's just... And it's just like a grind. Like I'm just slaughtering... Going through level after level of dungeon, just mercilessly murdering everything because <laughs> that's one of the other problems with video game versions of D anD D. You get much less role playing with a video game, and what you end up with is much—it's just very much more combat focused. Mm. And a lot of D anD D games just turn into just just a murder fest. Yeah. And what makes D anD D fun is the role play, and what that's kind of what you don't get with video game D anD D. Yeah. Like, is that? silliness of people like acting out their character and like act like doing things that really are really getting into the role yeah like, like because you are playing are, a role you yeah. know you are 
you have more creative control over your character about silly things they can do or say or how serious they are. Yeah. Like you're much more likely, for example, in a tabletop game to do something that's like not necessarily the efficient or wise choice Mm. because that's what your character quote unquote would do. Whereas in a video game, you're pretty much just always going to take the optimal choice, you know, based on the maths to get the numbers bigger. Like you're not really going to be like, well, I could pick up this magic sword, but you know, my barbarian doesn't like swords. So I'm going to leave it. Like you, a you're barbarian not gonna, who doesn't like swords. Yeah, some, that, this is a bad example, but you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, but I, I, you, you, know you raise a good point in the fact that you can, you have much more creative leniency mm. in actual role playing. And you know, that's what it is. You are playing a role. Yeah. So yeah. we're not going to have a, a recommendation no. um, for this, but we will say that Rob's favorite uh, D&D game is... Uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. Elemental Evil. And uh, my favorite D&D game is Super Mario Brothers. All right, AC, I've been, I've been doing a lot of talking this episode, so why don't I shut my big yap <laughs> and pass the mic to you? You've... Because people certainly aren't sick of me, are they? No. <laughs> who, who could be sick of lovable AC? <laughs> Um, I worked it out. Next year, hmm. 2019, we will have known each other for 30 years. Oh, God. <laughs> How depressing is that? And to many, many more. Oh, God. This is never going to end. This is We're actually dead and in hell. And this is, this is our punishment to a never-ending podcast. To you, this is hell. To me, this is heaven. <laughs> you dig it, baby? <laughs> and if, if you listen to this week after week and hate it, you're probably in hell with us too. Mm. You know, to anyone who listens to this podcast and complains about it, you really are like the creator of your own nightmare. Like you are, the, <laughs> you got no one to blame. You got no one to blame but yourself, mm. really. Honestly, because Lord knows you can't blame us. So, technology-wise, I've had a bit of a bad run. <laughs> okay, kind of. See, your sex look, bot broke down again. Is that what you're yeah, basically look, getting at? Gigatron two thousand was a dear friend of mine. <laughs> No, um, so... I could call her Giggy. <laughs> giggity, giggity. Uh, also, the sound she made as well. <laughs> she or he? I don't know. Eh, depends which part you chose to attach at the time. <laughs> I'm going to... So many things I could say. Um, <laughs> attaching parts. Moving on, AC. You can also use it as a mixing bowl. Like, you've got to lick the beaters when they're done. Lick the... Moving on... <laughs> My laser disc player died, and I'm so sad. Oh no, I see. How are you? How are you going to watch your your, your extensive laser disc collection now? I, you say that, but I have ten laser discs. I think that counts as extensive. I think. Yeah, it does. Do you have more than one laser disc? <laughs> then you have an extensive laser disc collection. That is it's actually five percent of the world's supply of laser discs, <laughs> so it's actually a pretty significant amount. I tell you what, mate, it certainly well fucking is in Australia. <laughs> so, laserdisc was a it was an interesting format. People say it was a failed format, and you're not half wrong. Look, it's, it's like a zip disc. It had yeah. its time. It had a. It was. It wasn't even a brief time. Mm. Um, laserdisc had twenty years or so. Mm. Mm. Uh, it was just never wildly successful or popular. But it was successful enough that people could make money on it. Mm. They were basically like really good quality movies in a time when there was no DVD players. Yeah, it was the best you could get. Yeah. And you had to flip sides like a record halfway through. Sometimes you needed three discs because each side of a laser disc can only hold an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fascinated with the format because nobody in Australia had it. They were quite popular in Japan. 
because you hook one of those babies up to a Trinitron RGB television mm. and you got some real good picture quality. Right. So there were, there were quite a few of them released in Japan, a few in the UK and enough in America that there is still a scene for them. And I'm part of that collector's group on... Um, are you, are, you, on, uh, are on, you known as Father Laserdisc? In this? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, because my knowledge of Laserdiscs is actually quite low. A lot of these people who enjoy Laserdiscs mm. also need to have um, high-end knowledge of how to fix Laserdisc players. Uh, because these fuckers break down all the time. Temperamental. <laughs> yeah. And they don't make them anymore. They don't make parts. So you've got to keep... You know, getting parts and stripping other ones and getting broken ones and replacing the lasers and stuff. And Yeah, yeah. And the power coupling on mine is just buggered. I don't know. It's not the fuse. I don't think it's any of the caps. I've tested all the big ones, some of the small ones. I just don't know enough about these machines. Mm. And it's really hard coming by a Laserdisc player in 2018 in Australia when they were never popular here. The only time and place you used to be able to get Laser discs mm. was kind of like cheap Chinese knockoff stores in like Sydney yes. Chinatown and stuff. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, and half of those were like karaoke discs. So there were there were a real like people who got them in Australia were real enthusiasts. Um, so my collection basically comprised of, or still comprises of. I just have no way to play them. Um, the passion and the power, I think it's called, which is like a. Um, uh, that like, the guy from Planet of the Apes. Oh, God oh, damn Charlton it. Heston. Thank you. Yeah. I kept thinking of Charles in my mind. Um, and uh, that was just about the Roman Emperor and Michelangelo. Basically oh, painting okay. the Sistine Chapel. Oh, you oh, mean the Pope? The Pope, yeah. The Roman Emperor Pope. Eh, it's the same thing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Look, to me, all, you, all the same thing. Big wear girly hats, you know. <laughs> Big fucking blouses. You get the idea. I think you might have confused the Roman Emperor. <laughs> you can tell I haven't had a lot of sleep either. But uh, I, I have that. I have Predator because everyone who has a laser display has Predator for some reason. I've got the Fifth <laughs> Element, which is a really good copy of the Fifth oh, Element wow. okay. uh, on Laserdisc. But once again, have to turn the sides over. And I also have the Back to the Future trilogy and Making of Back to the Future. Wow. And a couple other bits and bobs. Here and there, you know. Mm. Uh, I have the Star Wars trilogy as yes, well. Yes, which we enjoyed the... Uh, we enjoyed the, we um, had the making of. The making well. of, so I actually yeah. have more than 10 laser discs. Wow. Okay. We talked about that in a few episodes back. Yeah. It was probably a while ago. It yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, that was fun though. Yeah. yeah. I'm lucky we watched that before the laser disc player just carked it. Mm. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to take it to someone who can fix it. But I don't know. I might... I got this one at the dump for 10 bucks. The, the chances <laughs> of coming across... Yeah, I know. Shut up. Coming across another one is kind of low in Canberra, but I, you yeah. know, I'll hold out hope. Yeah. Uh, but in good technology news, mm. I got myself a PVM. Yes, that's right. We we, uh, we dicked around with it tonight. Didn't we, we did indeed. Yeah. Lots of dicking. <laughs> Lots of dicks. Oh, oh, we dicked. Um, so for those of you who don't know what a PVM is, um, it is a professional video monitor. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's a CRT television, usually smaller, mm. that can um, handle high-end video signals so rgb connectors basically and it can also have s video and component sorry composite if you want if you wanted to i wouldn't bother doing that though so um someone that i kind of know through collecting was selling this yeah and i did manage to talk him down a little bit 
and I got one of these, and he also had a spare one, which was just basically for parts. Huh. So I got that one as well. I haven't really decided what to do. The front's cracked, and there's lots of lines on the screen, but it kind of works. The okay. sound on my main one doesn't work. Uh, so I might try and swap the speakers out, but that proved to be more difficult than I thought it would be. Right. And opening up CRTs, in case you didn't know, is fucking dangerous. Uh, Those cathode rays, they'll get out and attack you. Actually, the cathode ray... Um, is where a whole bunch of power there's a what looks to be like a rubber plug on top and you have to be really careful around that area Mm. Uh, especially if the plug looks faulty because it will store a charge like a capacitor in there and it can shock you and it can be quite powerful and all the the evil spirits get out basically yes you know you got you got 20 years of the paul hogan show in there you're not afraid to get out (laughs) gotta get nexus paul hogan's in the house again (laughs) He probably get him, get him out of here. Get out of here, Paul Hogan. Just chuck a VB. You know, Foster's out the door. You'll go chasing after Put it. Put on some longer shorts, Paul Hogan. <laughs> For the love of God. No one needs to see that. <laughs> the guy's like, what, 80 now? Yes. Jeez. The um, the old Tay Tay Tescalales must be just drooping out the bottom <laughs> of them shorts by now like a pendulum swinging about. Yeah. That's what you're going to be thinking about tonight when you go to bed. That's what I... Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I do have some of my consoles plugged up with S-Video. Mm. I have a Super Nintendo, which has S-Video capabilities, and my uh, 3DO okay. has S-Video as well. So I just spent a whole bunch of time just dicking around playing games. Nice. Um, you and I played Darius Twin today, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I also played cool. Samurai Showdown on the 3DO, which is not a bad version, except the loading times suck. On that mm, thing. Okay. And the 3DO control is not that great either. Yeah, I imagine probably not. <laughs> I can't recall. I'm sure I've played it with you before, but I can't recall. Um, we have that. Is actually the only game I own for the uh, Neo Geo AES that I have as well. So we should uh, we should we should dig it out and play it. Yeah, Samurai day. Showdown. Yeah, yeah, that's an important game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter Two, of course, because you got to always got to always try that one. Yeah. That was fun to play. Killer Instinct is. Um, just a game that I really enjoy on the Super Nintendo. So I played quite a bit of that as well. Mm. And it doesn't look that... All of these games look better on this admittedly smaller screen. You know, it's only a 14-inch, but, mm. you know, you, I sit quite close to it. Yeah. But you can really see that the detail on a CRT is kind of popping a, a lot more and the colours look really vibrant. Yeah. Um, Killer Instinct just kind of looked the same because <laughs> it was like... <laughs> kind of optimized within an inch of its life kind of pre-rendered sprites so you you, there's only so much detail and um clarity you can get out of that before it just kind of looks like junk so it looked okay but it looked basically the same as you would have on composite Mm, mm. um but i'll tell you what two crude dudes looked bloody awesome it did two crude dudes actually looked really good (laughs) but i forget how slow that game played so i've ordered a couple of other cables uh one for the saturn i'm really eager to try out some some saturn games yeah so with all these other games that i'm talking about you can play them on a a retro freak or like an emulator or something like that yeah CD-based games are a little bit harder to do that with, um, mm. so and thus it's a bit harder to play them on modern uh, HDMI machines. Yeah, good luck playing Croc if you love all those Croc fans out there. <laughs> there are the, no Croc fans. You're up out the there. creek. Um, so I really want to. I really want to play mm. um, some of these Saturn games yeah. on some some just some really good hardware. Uh, and other than that, you and I actually had a bit of a 
bit of a, a gaming day a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. We did. We uh, I think it was the day after we recorded the podcast. Yeah, I said, time. come over. and Because yeah. Maria was going out that day and you said, no, I'm too tired. And then you went, actually, hanging out more with AC. Gold idea. Yeah, why not see more of you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, so, yeah, I came around. We, we played a um, bunch of games. There was one game in particular that I was interested in in checking out that I mm. realized you owned, um, which was, uh, oh, God, Bubble Symphony. Bubble Symphony. Yeah. So, Bubble Symphony is a, I think it was only released for the Saturn. I think it may have been an arcade game, but I mm. own it for the Saturn, which is, this is certainly arcade quality. Mm. And something we really should play on the PVM as well. Definitely. Um, when I get the cable for it. Uh, but it is basically a Bubble Bubble game. You know, I have a big history with Bubble Bubble. I yeah. haven't played it too much because this game is much better played with two players. Yeah, definitely. And so you and I played through this game two and a half times, I want to say. Yeah, and there's definitely, like, different endings. I, I, I'm certain we didn't get, like, the good endings. but we got, well, I think one of them was a good ending because mm. he had, like, these Bub and Bob our dragons mm. perving on this like witch yeah that's right <laughs> got a little bit sexy which i wasn't expecting from from bubble symphony but yeah hey, there you go um but it's good because like th- this this game came out like, maybe 10 or 15 years after the original bubble ball game it's kind of a love letter to yeah to bubble bubble and to taito as a whole so it's so perfect for us because i love bubble bubble mm. and i didn't even really know this game existed until a couple of weeks ago when I was reading up on Wikipedia about it, and I turned to AC and I was like, "Have you got this game?" And you were like, "Yeah, I totally, told, I, do, I yeah. totally told you about it and everything." And I was like, "Oh god, I have no, I have the memory of a, of a goldfish." I think you and I actually played it very briefly <laughs> and said <laughs> we're going to go back to this and forgot about it. Yeah, probably did. Um, but it's awesome because it is like just updated bubble bubble like just mm. up you know bubble bubble with the dial turned up to 11 and it's got all the enemies it's got a whole <clears> bunch <throat> of capco uh sorry capco Cap- taito good old capco <laughs> capco taito cameos yeah that's i got those two words combined apparently that's fine um so there's like there's space invaders yeah. i think there's even like darius sorry darius i keep saying darius uh, it's darius yeah. it's like daria yeah, Daria. It's probably got Daria. Daria's in there. And- uh, yeah. Darius uh, spaceships and like those fish-shaped ones. It was, mm. it's just a good-ass damn good video game. Yeah. Two-player hot, you know, right in front of the TV video game. Lots of like candy colors and like just that arcadey look to it. It's just, yeah, a lot of fun. So, yeah, that was great. Uh, we we'll we'll do an episode on that at some point. I think we should because it is, it's, it's very fun. Yeah, just to, just to play it again. Yeah. So, did we play anything else that day? I think we, we dicked around with a couple of other things, I want to say. Well, that was the standout one, but yeah. I'm sure we played something else. I just can't remember what it is. Yeah, we, we were just kind of hanging out, and I think I pulled a couple of other Saturn games. Yeah, maybe we played a few Fighters or something. I, can't I think we did, and I also... I think we played a, a couple of PlayStation 1 games as well. Mm. Just because... Yeah, I'm just kind of into that era at the moment. That's cool. not the N64. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I just like I just like dicking around with that kind of I am using the word dicking a lot today, but dicking is on the mind apparently. <laughs> Isn't it always though? Yeah, well, always apparently. Now the Gigatron five thousand is out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh Gigatron. <laughs> okay, so Rob, you have been a game holic, a game freak, a game master, a game gigolo. <laughs> yes. Recently. Yes. 
Tell us about it. What have you been doing? Because you've been you've been anti-game for so long. Well, not anti-game. Anti-game. You've, yeah. been, you've been coming on here saying, I hate these video games. I don't know why we do this podcast and you talk about games all the time. These video games must be stopped. Yeah. You and your your, your Christian righteousness. That's right. You're, you're going, Andrew, you got you got to steer yourself towards that other guy. Let me tell you about a great game, AC. The Emperor. It's called, Pope it's called Noah's Ark. <laughs> God. I have actually played the uh, SNES version of that. Mm. Yeah. Super Noah's Ark, I yeah. think it's called. Uh, the one that's based off the Doom engine. No, the um, Wolfenstein <laughs> engine. It's not fun. <laughs> anyway, oh, what, what have you been playing? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've been I've been sick uh, the last few days, um, which is why this podcast is not as well planned. <laughs> it's as a bit on the... It's a bit, a bit off of, the rails, but not in the fun. It's kind of just off the rails in that weird way. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Um, so I'm I'm not well. I, I'm I'm a sick little boy. Um, I'm poorly. You see, so I've been I've been sequestered at home. The the plague windows, plague shutters, all boarded up. Um, but the good thing about being sick and at home is that you have a lot of time to play games. So I've actually been playing games for once in my life. For once, um, yeah. You've never done that before. I just it's I've yeah, I've had a long run recently. I don't know if our listeners have noticed, or I haven't really been very inspired to play games. Um, so what have you been playing? What have you? Uh, well, apart from that D and D game, which I played a lot of, um, I picked up um, an old Call of Duty game. Uh, How old are we talking? We're talking uh, ten years old, to be precise. Yeah, I went back to the uh, the back catalogue of, of Call of Duty. I felt like playing a world a World War Two game mm-hmm. and so was this on pc uh, yes was PC everything i play is on pc of course yeah <laughs> that playstation is just sitting there it's just a decoration <laughs> um yeah uh so listeners will know listeners who are cluey will know that world war ii call of duty world war ii came out very recently so why why didn't rob buy that it's a good question, right. Rob. Why didn't you buy that? Well, it's sixty dollars. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is that it, it it hasn't reviewed very well. And 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 the thing that I like about Call of Duty games is the campaign. I'm one of those people. I play the campaign and then I I'm pretty much done with it. So if the campaign isn't very good, um, I'm not inspired to pick up the game. And I heard which is a, fair enough too. I heard a lot of people criticizing the campaign in in in, in Call of Duty World War Two, saying that it's just not very historically accurate. Mm. Um, which sort of bugs me. Um, so I went and bought World at War, Call of Duty World at War, which is was released 10 years ago, and that's the most recent Call of Duty game that is set in World War II. Um, so every other Call of Duty game since then, up until recently, has been basically like a modern warfare game or a Black Ops game, which is sort of set... Black Ops is sort of set, you know throughout the 20th century and, and, and into the 21st. Mm. Um, but it's not dedicated to, to World War II, really. And the modern warfare games, of course, are modern. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says it in the name. Because Call of Duty started out as a World War II thing. That's what people sort of forget. And and I really enjoyed that. And then when it moved to the modern stuff, I kind of actually lost interest in it, which is, again, not normal. Most people felt that the modern warfare series was when Call of Duty got good. Okay. Picked um, up again. Yeah, so I'm. You know, I'm just. So have you played Call of Duty before? Like, have you? Yeah. Did oh, you play a lot of it? Back I played. In, yeah, in I played a lot. Olden days. Yes, I played a lot of Call of Duty One. I got my PC a few years after it came out, but I went and got it anyway because I remember thinking it was very cool. So mm. I played 
Call of Duty One, Call of Duty Two. Did I you ever I, play online, or was it just always mainly, campaign? Mainly campaign. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I've never really been a multiplayer gamer. That's yeah. one of the things. I, PUBG is one of those rare things where I actually had, did get into a multiplayer game for once. Like, it's a bit, bit of a different one. Yeah. That one I, I like to think. Yeah, like Call of Duty is very like very fast and loose. You know, like twenty players max, and like you know, small maps. You're you have to you have to interact. It sounds like one of those games where you probably do better if you interact with other people. You do, but you can just run around and shoot people. And, yeah. you know. Um. But I never found the multiplayer very exciting. Um. So yeah, I've been playing Call of Duty World at War. It's pretty cool. There's so the campaign is split into two storylines. There's mm-hmm. like an American storyline where you play as an American and it's set in the Pacific theater so you're fighting uh, Japanese yep. which was a new at the time I think the previous Call of Duty games had all been set in Europe and you were fighting the Germans um, there's also a second storyline in, in World at War where you're Russian and, you, and you're fighting the Germans so there's two different campaigns two different enemies if you like and they oh, kind okay. of interlace the stories so like you'll play a few missions as the American guy and then a few missions as the the, the Russian, and it kind of like interweaves and tells you kind of how these little guys, these you know, these stories of these of these little people kind of fed into like the bigger events of of that era. Um, so, do they have real people involved in it at all? Or do they ever like uh, like as in historical figures? Yeah, um, not in. So the the characters in the game that you that, like your squad, if you like, are yeah. not real, mm-hmm. but the battles that you take that you take part in are real. I see. Um, whether the events as depicted ever happened is questionable, but like, like there was a battle on Peleliu Island and you are at Peleliu Island in one, in one level or like Stalingrad was a battle and you are, you are at Stalingrad in some mm. of the Russian levels and, and that kind of thing. And it does try, I mean, and Call of Duty's always tried to be a bit gritty with its campaign sometimes, like yeah. to sort of show you like, Oh, the harsh and like nasty side of war, but it never really rings true because you're playing a video game, which is for fun. And like any attempt to be like, oh, war is hell. Ugh. Like it's, it just rings a bit hollow because next thing you know, you're like going, wee, as you like shoot a machine gun and so much of things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah. That's I think, the exact sound I make if I have a fire machine. Yeah. Wee. That's why you were discharged from the army. <laughs> Several armies. <laughs> I was discharged from the Salvation Army. Why they gave me a machine gun, I'll never figure out. <laughs> many a tambourine was shot that day i tell you what oh my goodness so yeah that's that's been me i've been enjoying that i i, I haven't finished the um the campaign yet i've got um tomorrow until the evening to myself so i think i might sit right. back and yeah. get a big pot of coffee and, and play some call of duty and i can think of worse ways to spend uh, a saturday morning it's you know people turn their noses up at call of duty ac they go oh that's that's such a bro game for bros and us real nerds we like prop we like proper video games about the final fantasy and whatnot but the final fantasy um, and the dnds but i i think call of duty is is still rad it, there's a place for it you know look um, i don't have any yeah. opinion about call of duty one way or the other which mm. like i know people who enjoy it and they certainly aren't bro people and mm. i know people who detest it Mm. Um, but I don't, I've never, I've seen it. Mm. I know how it works. I've played it a little bit at mates houses, but it's never really grabbed me and I don't really have any opinion of it. It's one Mm. of those things that it's just, it's just kind of interwoven into the fabric of games that you hear about a lot, but never really pay attention to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I have, there's a whole, there's whole genres of games like that for me, like driving games and stuff where I like, I, I, I keep up with it. Like I, I know what the latest driving games are and stuff, but I don't play them. Um, so yeah yeah I, I get you I feel yeah. you 
it, it's it's interesting that there are so many different genres of games now that you just don't you don't need to think about. Like back in the day, uh, you know, people used to talk about this new thing is coming, and it was always about a, a, a few specific games that were being released for the console that you owned. Mm. Now there are so many being released for whatever type of platform that you have that they just you don't go out and comment negatively about them as much or at least you know people our age don't have a tendency to do that I bloody well hope <laughs> they just kind of they exist and you go cool they exist I know a lot about this just through osmosis basically <laughs> yeah I um yeah I I I feel the same way and it happens when you take an interest in games mm. is it like I know I know way too much about games I've never played yeah me too you know? like I, I seem like to know a lot about my brain cells in a way isn't it I seem to know a lot about Stardew Valley <laughs> like and, and all the women different women you can court and all the things you can find in the mines and you know how to you know the the cycles of of the weather and growing plants and stuff like that I've never <laughs> set foot in that game I've never bought it I'm, I'm thinking I've been thinking a little bit about going back into that game oh so. Robbie you haven't only because my life is meaningless and empty. <laughs> it's the only reason, you know. No, that's a, fair enough. Just a minor, a minor issue I'm dealing with. Um, was there anything? See, I don't have a quiz this week. Actually. That's all right. That's all right. We can just we can just keep chatting for a while. We can keep we can keep chatting for a little bit. Um, I was going to say that uh, my wifey and childy, oh yes, uh, Maria and May are off to Japan mm. next week. A couple of days after this podcast is due to drop, actually yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. So I shall be all by my little lonesome. Oh, so poor, feel free to tweet me lots. Poor Bubba. Uh, yeah. Mm. I am going to miss them sorely. Uh, it, she's going back for the second anniversary of her father's passing. It's a bit of a sad time. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to miss them, of course. Mm. I don't really know. Like, you think that you want to see the bright side of it and mm. go, yeah, I'm going to, like, batch out. Mm. And, you know, be the bachelor for two weeks and I'm going to, like, play lots of games. And mm. But I'm working. And yeah. work's really busy at the moment. So most of the time I just come home and sleep. <laughs> uh, and there's no wind. There's no uh, Legend of Zelda for you either. No. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that's really gripping me to the point of no return. And even then, two weeks is probably not actually enough time mm. to get in there and really get into a game like Zelda again. Yeah, To yeah. be completely fair. Like, that took a whole lot longer than two weeks last time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I'm just going to... I'm probably going to potter around a lot, and then they'll come back and I'll say, oh, I regret not doing all those things that I wanted to do. But, uh, <laughs> that's just that's just the way it goes. That's life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I am planning to catch up with friends. and Yeah, well, I, I have plans to, to get you inebriated and make you watch Mystery Science Theatre with me. So yeah. That will be fun. Which is, you know, it's it doesn't take much convincing to do that. <laughs> it's just Mystery Science Theatre 3000, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I'm the one who introduced that yeah. series to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I because I used to have a couple of imported videotapes mm. at the time. I was very lucky to have them, actually. Yeah. But um, it is a time commitment. Mm. Like when you're in, in university, hour and a half, watching stupid movies, that's fine. But all of a sudden, you know, if you're 37 years old... That hour and a half might be all you've got that weekend. Exactly. Do you, you really know. want to spend it watching The Girl Terrible with the Golden movies, Boots? yeah. No. Which I Pod people. Mitchell. I watched a film called Devilfish the other day, I see. Oh. It's, it's very bad. It's very, very bad. See, some of the ones are so bad that they're good, and some of them are so, so terrible mm. and so bad that even the commentary over the top just doesn't, doesn't make it any more enjoyable. Mm. But then there's ones like Manlos that are so bad that they become 
like an yeah, experience. That, that is, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's not fun. No, it is not enjoyable. But it's something you kind of have to see, and that yeah. is still, I think, the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you one that like I think- people say, "Oh, the room is the worst," and yeah. it's like, "No, no, no, the room is funny." Yeah, the room is the room is t- is very bad. It is terrible. But it's, it's not as bad as Manos. Um, but I think the, the film I'm going to show you is a is is a, it, it gives Manos a run for its money. Let's oh. say, <laughs> right? If it weren't for Manos, this would be this would be absolutely the worst thing. This so, is uh, incredibly strange creatures. Yes, the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. So that will be fun. Uh, okay, looking forward to it. Believe it or not. Yep. That that that'll be that'll be a a humdinger. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real great production, Ace. <laughs> All your favourites are there. Oh God, is is that a Joel or a or a uh, Mike oh, era? Oh man, I can't even remember. Because I don't know, like Joel is obviously the classic, but I have a I have yeah. a soft spot for Mike as well. Look, some of the Mike they went into some real weird stuff with, like in terms of the movies. Mm. Some of the Mike era stuff is like. They really were Mike finding was, some real yeah, gems. Yeah, the, you know? the later era stuff. But, um, mm, mm. like, um, I just, I don't know. My favorite episode is actually the movie. Yeah. Um, which does This Island Earth, which is not a bad movie, but, like, all the production and the writing around that was just nuanced a bit better. Mm. And mm. I will happily go back and watch um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Yeah. No, that's any a good, day. It's, it's a like, good that one. Is, that is the one I will continually watch. Like, the, like the one I watched last night, Devil Fish is not a great episode. Like the movie is very, very bad mm. and has some bikini ladies, which is always, always welcome if you're watching a very bad movie. Um, but yes, um, there, there have been funnier episodes than that. Was it a Joel episode or a Mike? A Mike one. It was a Mike one. Yeah. With the Mike episodes, I started doing the, like, yeah, getting a bit away from horror and sci-fi always. So they'd show you things that were just like, I think they were perhaps running out of movies. Mm, a little bit. Or just think sort of widening the net a little bit. Which you'd want yeah. to do after, like, that, that show ran for 10 seasons. But I do I do like the early Joel stuff where there was just a lot of Godzilla and Gamera. And no, the, yeah, those yeah. were classics. Yeah. You and I watched a terrible one where the, the monsters, the dinosaurs, yeah. were just lizards. Yeah, they were just, you'd watch just lizards blue killing, screen lizards. Just lizards that were, like, obviously goaded into fighting each other and they filmed it. Yeah. Good old animal cruelty. Yeah, it was really yeah. actually quite disconcerting. Inserting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we love we love all those mystery science theaters. We are we are fans. We are, and you know, we were of course media students at the time as well. So that probably explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm uh, just going to end on that note. I think pretty I, much. I have some. I have something to read out. AC that might be promotional in nature. If you'd like to humor. Okay, me. I'm going to stop the podcast right here. <laughs> okay. All right. It's um. I was I, I had something on the tip of my tongue, folks, for a little while that I really wanted to say. Was it swear words? Probably. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, and I just it's just completely gone out of my mind. Oh well. Like, and I didn't write it down. And I have a pen and paper, dear listeners, in front of me. And a lot of the time, I write stuff down. Um, like, I've, what I've got written down here is eight p.m. scribbled out because I don't know why I wrote that. New PVM underlined twice. Darius twin. What looks like 300, but it means 3DO, and fascinated by concept. And then I've got Golden Axe in big letters under that. And that's basically my notes for the show. You're fascinated by the concept of Golden Axe. Look, that's about as fantasy as I get. Look, when you, I, when you, I was young... You kick the gnomes and bottles fly out of them. I, I think I was... You know, I, I a lot of my friends were into D&D, and I wanted to be into it. But yeah. every time I tried to get into it, it turns out that I hated it. So <laughs> I tried to lie to myself and think, I am into this, but no, I wasn't. 
what you were into was like I think the like the social concept of hanging out with yeah, mates. I think as well, and like the setting and like the you know you're in, you're not opposed to fantasy. It's just the complications and like the the detail of a D and D game and like the yeah the systems the painstaking yeah the systems are a bit too slow and yeah yeah and let's face it I'm not a clever boy <laughs> look I'm not either <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not what you'd call intelligence prone so having to learn a whole bunch of rules and systems and I was a reader I loved reading mm, but mm. that stuff just bored me to tears I remember yeah. you lent me your AD and D book mm. and went I'm going to get so into this. A Snorlax is a... And a Snorlax wasn't even created. That was a Pokemon. I probably made that up when I was like eight years old and put me to sleep. You just wrote, you just wrote Snorlax over the entry for Dragon. <laughs> it makes cr- more sense. In a crayon. Um, <laughs> AC. My parents won't let me have sharp objects. AC, did you know? Did you know, AC? Mm, did I know, yes. That there are other podcasts than ours on the internet. You lie, sir. I know. We were the original and the best. I know. I, I still find it upsetting actually and a little i find it reprehensible yeah someone stole our idea to do a podcast <laughs> that we came up with i really wish we had those tapes of you and i recording our own radio show yeah. back when we were 10 that's that's our evidence that that's our that's, that we, our, that's our manic mailman-esque evidence there was no even there wasn't even radio back then it was just you and me shouting under rolled up newspapers <laughs> That's basically how it went, wasn't it, AC? It was like, well, it's AC and Rob, show your boys, AC and Rob. Well, was <laughs> and us with boots, like, well, let's go up the stairs and murder someone. Yeah. Oh, no, it's full of Nazis. We talked about Nazis a lot back then. Not in a positive way. It was just, <laughs> we needed a bad guy for all of our sketches, and they were all, always Nazis. We'll have really good Foley work, though. Um, <laughs> so, AC, our listeners might also not be aware that there are other podcasts you can listen to. There are. And but we don't recommend it. We, no. we recommend you listening just to ours yeah. on a loop Look forever. Once you've listened to every episode of Game Life Dallas Australia, <laughs> once you've listened to the, every episode twice, then you might, if you have <laughs> oh, some time. There's a health warning on that. I just know it. If you have some spare time mm-hmm. left in your busy, your busy modern life. Busy. busy you might want to check out some other podcasts. Okay. What else we got? On the Gunna Geek Network. They're a good network. At Gunna Geek. For a bunch of thieves who stole our idea. I know. I know. Look. We're going to set. We're setting that as, that aside until the court case is settled. Okay, um, I'm okay. expecting a big cash settlement. Uh, I happen to know that they're all very poor and don't don't actually have any cash. They can afford fancy mics. They can afford a good. Anyway, um, so they're going to kick network. Let's take their mics. We need some fancy mics. We, we really do. Um, they're a podcast on it, like this one. Mm-hmm. Game life balance us. <laughs> And on Game Life Balance Us episode 55... I took the really wrong time to take a drink then. Uh, Dave, okay, because this is what they've been doing on this show recently, is actually having genuine guests on and doing a real podcast, which I'm opposed to, actually. I think they should do more toilet humour and less planning. We licensed their name to them, so I'm yeah. pretty sure we can rescind that at any time. You haven't made enough... If they become better than us, that's how, that's that's when they know that they've, they've hit the big time. We say, we want our name back, you're better than Look, us. They might have real guests... But can they compete with our level of casual racism? <laughs> I think not. I think not, AC. And, and, our, and our casual disdain of the handicapped and blind. That's right. That's right. So in episode 55 of Game Life Balance Us, Dave Wisnowski changed his life on a dare and ended up creating a legendary video game. That's the title of the episode, which I think is a bit lengthy. But moving on. Uh, in 2002, according to this promo copy that I'm reading out off my iPhone, mm-hmm. Dave Wisnowski quit his job 
and set out to make his own wrestling game. More than fi- oh god, more than fifteen years, la- more than fifteen years later, he's still at the helm of Pro Wrestling X, one of the most ambitious independent game projects in modern video game history. In this podcast, he tells his story and gives an update on the game that, by all rights, shouldn't exist, and how he's been able to stick with it for so long. So Cody is an actual radio person. Yeah. I was going to say personality, but he doesn't have one of those. He's an actual person, <laughs> unlike us. I'm a snowman that got magically enchanted and turned into a real person. I have to keep this room very cold. And you are like Pinocchio. I wanted to be a real boy. And then I became a real boy. I went, fuck this shit and came back again. All right. Um, so but yeah, Cody's Cody, actually a human. Yeah. So Cody actually has interviewing skills yeah. and is talented in the ways of the radies and the O's. Yeah. So he... You might say he has radies. He can... He can he has been doing some interviewing podcasts lately because his, um, his how could we say, uh, partner in crime, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Stabo, mm-hmm. uh, had a baby. I don't mean his wife had a baby. He had a baby. This is the way I've, I've heard it tell. I don't know any other details other than that. Oh, it's like that film with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's yeah, it called? That's right. Uh, he, face Off. <laughs> that's right. He gave birth to Danny DeVito. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> that would have really torn him asunder. It's probably more comfortable for him to come out sideways at that point. He's just like, hey, mom, hey, dad. Ah. He had a cigar in his hand as well, which is weird. Just, just lit a lit cigar just, as he came just, out of the womb. Just the, the, the baby from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Got a 40-year-old lust and a, and a one-year-old dinky. Oh God! That's, but that's just Jonathan Uncle Stabo's genetics. That, that yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got you got to give the man credit where it's due. He's got a strong, a strong cigar gene. <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, he never listens to us, but con- congratulations on on Babe. <laughs> he doesn't listen to. This. It's very good thing. It's it a very, very good, good thing that he doesn't do that. Uh. Uh, and uh, and and Cody has kind of stepped in and, and done some some other fun. Yes. Uh, episodes. He even actually did an episode all by himself. All his little own. And he was actually able to carry that episode. Yeah. You've probably heard me talk a bunch of times uh, doing Game Life Gaiden. And I, there was an episode where you had to duck away and I carried the episode. Mm. Uh, I'd like to say that was two mixed results, but it was probably two very poor results. But <laughs> although I'm able to talk... Mm. Whether people want to listen to that is a completely different story. Yes. but So do check out some of the ep- recent Game Life Balance US episodes because um, they're pretty interesting, Yeah, actually. They're, they're um, pretty good. Cody knows some people. Not too shabby. So, uh, yeah, with that, AC, I think we've come to the close of another illustrious episode of Game Life Balance Australia. So why don't you, as they say in the business... Yeah, read the copy. Read the copy. Read the copy. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition and original edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. The original and best, I like to think. Y- yeah, yeah, that's what we like to think. <laughs> I like um, lots of things. Look, if you haven't given us a, ra- a good rating by now, mm. um, you're probably not going to. Yeah, so that's for- okay. Forget you, pal. <laughs> um, you're dead to me. You're dead. We're all dead. Uh, the um, just just rate us highly. <laughs> That's all I have to say there, really. really Find us on the net. I'm on Twitter, at ProdTally, although you may have noticed that I've been tweeting about Lum a lot. We had the anniversary last week. Yeah. That also got out of hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I streamed episodes for about six hours. Wow. uh, And 
I ended up solely dubbing a scene of Ursae Atara by myself, doing a whole bunch of fancy voices. Very fancy. That was a terrible, terrible idea, but very funny. Uh, and I was, I've also uh, been quoted in an article. Yeah, that's well, right. On goat.com.au, which is a, a solely mobile site, which is a little odd. Hmm. Um, by an actual journalist. Yeah. By the name of uh, Cameron Wilson. Australian journalist, and uh, he actually got in contact with me from some of the articles I'd written for Fairfax in the past yeah, about retro right. gaming. Uh, yeah, I'm actually a, uh, a published published writer, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, you're a writer. You're also a video game expert. Yeah, apparently. Um, but this is just talking about uh, Cam was just talking about some of the um, the recent disappearances of uh, of ROMs. Yeah, there's been some quite prominent takedowns of Mm. of, uh, ROM sites. So Um, he's gone into that and talks a bit about game preservation. And I've uh, I he contacted me and I just um, I just you gave him that good wisdom that you've got. Yeah, I gave him some choice quotes Mm -hmm. about and uh, you know what us retro gamers think of it. Mm. Uh, It's not as big a deal as people make it out to be because mm. those ROMs are still out there and are still available. You just have to jump through one more hoop if you yeah. really want to get them. It's just the really big visible sites that have been sort of affected by this, yeah. right? From what I understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't pay much attention to this stuff. So goat.com.au. Yeah, that's pretty and cool. Then, and the rather lengthy title is All Your Favourite Retro Video Games Are Disappearing At Such A Scary Rate That Our Childhoods Could Be Gone Forever. And it makes no sense. That's that's not quite a catchy BuzzFeed title, but it'll do. It'll do. And look, look it's, it's, it's full of animated GIFs, which I like. Yeah. I always like that. And it's cool to see AC's name in lights. And uh, just it, another reminder that he does actually occasionally know what the hell he's talking about. So, I do. I yeah. and this, it's, It is kind of weird. And I have actually been out there in an, an, in an official capacity several times before. And it's kind of interesting to, to get feedback because people who are not who are video gamers, but not, you know, so much in the retro side. Say, oh, that's really mm. insightful. That's excellent. And then other retro gamers think that I'm I'm committing sacrilege because I didn't say, oh, uh, you don't talk to me. You should talk to this other better guy over here yeah. or I have a difference of opinion to them or whatever. But it, <laughs> it, it is fun to be known as an official source. So check that out. Yeah. And uh, with that, with that, we will finally put an end to Rob's life. Great. Put a bullet in me. I'm done. Bang. That, that was the thrilling conclusion to Game Life Balance Australia. What a cliffhanger. Wow. I, I certainly hope that Rob is all right. 